Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Well, I am, uh, well, before I get started, I just want to say what you did in Indonesia is absolutely amazing. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I I was uh, on the steering committee for the World Prayer Assembly and uh, a lot of Indonesians came over because last year the World Prayer Assembly was in Indonesia. In the beginning of the year I went over there and, and they took me around and, you know, Indonesia is the m- biggest Muslim population in the world. Well, it's fastly becoming the biggest Christian nation in the world. There are prayer towers over there. You know, we don't hear of this, but there's prayer towers, Muslim prayer towers that have been converted into Christian prayer towers. And the reason why they chose Perth, uh, Perth this year, or Australia, but they chose Perth was because we had a prayer tower in the city. And uh, it's something really exciting that's happening in Indonesia. And uh, so what you do, I just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, who wants to live, leave their comfort of their home and go and live in a tip? Hey, wow. Well, while well, I just get this ready, nine three five nine two seven. No, nine three five nine two seven. Actually, it's nine two nine nine six five. Don't you hate that? You got all these different codes for everything else. Fair dinkum. All right. Well. Uh, as you heard before, my name's Kerry Pierce. Some of you know me. Um, I'm here with Trevor, Trevor Young, uh, today with Compassion. And I'd like to thank Pastor Brad. Obviously, he's not here. He trusted me with the pulpit. <laughs> Silly man. But I'd like to thank Brad and the leadership team for the opportunity to share this morning. And a big shout out to Mel French, who's not here this morning. She's preaching, but she used to, be, uh, she used to run the state uh, Compassion, the uh, state office. Uh, Dave Francis, who we heard that's sick, so please pass on our, uh, I won't say condolences, uh, but just pass on our love and care for him. And also, um, Laz and Jenny, are they here? They're away too, wow, I mean, you know, the the, the crew, the uh, Compassion crew. But anyway, I was sharing with um, Pastor Brad the other month of how much I'm actually enjoying what I was doing, or am doing. And as some of you know, I've been a pastor for nearly 20 years down the hill, uh, down at Hillside, and I've just left. Well, I left in October last year, and I've just joined Compassion in February, and people say, why? And a lot of people in the hills are asking why. They, I, I left pretty suddenly. Well, I didn't leave suddenly. I just moved, but a lot of people didn't understand why. Well... I've travelled the world, been involved in anti-trafficking and anti-prostitution for the last 15 years, seeing the devastating effects that, that poverty creates. And I was involved with many NGOs and Christian organisations, pulling their hair out and finding, and finding men and women and children and saving them from trafficking, but then retraining them and then only finding that they actually return, actually about 48% actually return into trafficking and prostitution, the ones that get saved, because it's only, that's the only thing they know. I've also worked alongside federal government, along ASEAN group of countries, 
uh, involved in anti-trafficking and anti-prostitution. I've got to say anti because I used to say trafficking and prostitution. My wife would usually say, you can't say that, that you're involved in trafficking and prostitution. <laughs> it can get pretty hairy. But on one occasion back in 2014, it was actually Mel French that uh, invited me on a compassion trip and I was taken back because I'd finally found the solution, what I believe uh, was to be holistic in this world and it involved the local church. It involved the local church, not only overseas but here as well and Christ believers all over the world. I believe compassion is actually at the top, an ambulance at the top of the cliff. You understand what I'm saying? They're at, they're at a top of the cliff where there's a lot of great NGOs and organisations at the bottom of the cliff trying to bring these kids out and men and women out of prostitution and trafficking but compassion is up there at the top. They start from babies, they start with families and they just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ into their lives from the very beginning. You know, compassion is 70 years old and is in over 25 countries partnering and equipping over 8,500 local churches. And compassion is Christ-centered and that will never change. It's child-focused and uh, which involves the family. I love the voices of uh, little ones. And church-based, everything is done from within the local church. And today we're building a relationship between Kalamunda Church of Christ and Compassion and the impact that you're having in the island of Negros in the Philippines. But before I continue, I want to bring you a word of providential relationships. I promised Brad I'd preach this morning, but I'm going to bring some a different way of preaching. So just let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we're able to meet here in this building, in this country, in this state, without any fear. Lord, we are so blessed and we thank you for that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for... Kalamunda Church of Christ, Lord, and their vision for youth. Lord, I just pray, Lord, as they enter into a new year next year, I just pray let all their plans and all their desires, Lord, to reach the lost in this community, Lord, just come to the fore. We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. So what is providential relationships? I had to look it up myself. <laughs> I, had to, I, had, I had to Google it, all right? Firstly, providential means occurring at a favourable time, opportune, like a divine appointment. You know, most mornings I pray to the Lord. I get up and I, and I say, Lord, let me see and be a part of a divine appointment. Let me see with your eyes, let me hear with your ears, and Lord, let me speak with your heart. And that always gets me in, in line with the Lord and first thing in the morning and as I go out, I'm always looking for divine appointments to be able to speak into people's lives about Jesus. Now, it's a great prayer to pray, but be careful because you pray that prayer and God will put divine appointments right in front of you. Hey? Uh, relationships. Well, what does that mean? Well, the way in which two or more people or things are connected 
or a state of being connected. Now, God uses providential relationships to grow our faith, and he brings people into our lives to help us grow in our relationships with him. Now, we have providential relationships all around us, and here at Kalamunda Church of Christ, it could have been the pastoral care that you receive. Well, I hope you receive. He's not here, so I hope you're receiving pastoral care from Pastor Brad and all the other pastors here too. And it could be the youth pastor, it could be the young adults pastor, it could be the pastoral care pastor, it could be a friend or short-term group or a connect group. Any relationship that honours God and encourages you in your work. You know, it could have been the person on the front door smiling. Actually, who, who was the person on the front door this morning? Thank you. Your smile is so inviting and so encouraging. You know, and I just, want to, I just want to encourage you that when you're on the door, keeps, you've got a beautiful smile. And I was just watching you, that when you came up, people were like, people were going, and I'm not pointing anyone out here, okay? But people, I could see them, people were walking up, and then as soon as they look up and they saw you smile, they smiled. And it's so, it is, it is so good to see that. I, I just look for those things. I'm weird, but, you know, but just keep smiling. I've got to say, I, live, I love your mission statement. Callum under Churches Christ mission statement says, does anyone know your mission statement? Most people don't know their own mission statement, but it's uh, your outward focus. And it goes on to say that it, it, the statement says in your mission statement, it says, we will make disciples. Come on. That is so good. You know, I see so many churches and, and read their mission statements, but nothing is bold as Calamunda Churches Christ saying, we will make disciples. And I'm speaking to Pastor Brown, I love what the leadership of this church has decided to do in, in throwing money at evangelism for the youth, getting out there into the youth, because I tell you what, our youth not you guys, you guys are already saved, so that's good. But the youth out there, the youth out there need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You, uh, you guys are clapping. I hope you're doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron. We've all heard that, haven't we? Iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. All right, which comes in two kinds, me to them and them to me. Iron does not sharpen a banana. Everyone say banana. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a banana. <laughs> you will never forget this message. Next time you see me, go, oh, you're the banana man. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? How many times do you go and encourage someone and you encourage someone and you encourage someone and you encourage someone and you're pouring out and out and out and nothing comes back? Now, you don't encourage someone to get something back, but in my Bible, it says that if you are getting encouragement, you should throw encouragement back the same way. That is iron sharpening iron. How many pastors have we got in the house this morning? Ex-pastors? Okay. This man, I, 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 know, I know this family and I know this young man. 
through soccer. I know how much he pours out because I hear through the community and have done for many years that this young guy pours out, pours out, pours out. Who's filling him up? You know, as a pastor, as an ex-part, well, I'm still a pastor in the city, but it, it can be very lonely at times and very discouraging because you're just pouring out and pouring out. Calamunda Church of Christ, pour into your pastors, please. Because if not, they will burn out. They need topping up. They need encouraging all the time. All right, God uses human relations to impact our faith in him. You know, my mum and dad were a great example of this, and I've, I've, I've really shared this story. But uh, when we came over, I've came over, I'm a New Zealander, okay? I won't mention the World Cup. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Um, and uh, I came over here when I was 12 years old, right? I came over when I was 12, and... But my mum and my sister came over six months before us because Dad had to sell the surgery and, and everything else. And we waited, and we were a party house. All I remember as a kid is always parties going on in our house, that we weren't Christian at all. All right, mum and dad weren't Christian. Anyway, we, uh, as we were over, Dad and I stayed over at home, and Dad can't cook, all right? And I've inherited his genes. So you can imagine two, two guys by themselves... But the next door neighbour lent out their hand, who happened to be a, a preacher, and every night we went over to their house for dinner. And every night, through a providential relationship, chipped away at my old man, who was a very, very hard man, was. And bit by bit by bit by bit, through a providential relationship, he gave his life to Jesus. All right? But he should have clapped and he should have been really happy about it, but he wasn't because he was scared about telling his wife, my mum, who was over here in Perth. Well, meanwhile, mum was over here in Perth with, with my sister, was very lonely, and she was crying in the shopping centre in Como. This little old dear lady came up to her and said, what's wrong, dear? She goes, oh, I'm just missing my husband. I'm lonely. I don't know anyone. She goes, why don't you come and uh, I'll introduce you to a few ladies. Well, they took her into a, a, a church. It was actually Como, Como Uniting Church or something like that. And I was able to preach there about four months ago, which was just like... Um, but anyway, bit by bit by bit through providential relationships... Mum knew nothing about Jesus. She got to know Jesus and she gave her life to Jesus. She didn't tell Dad. <laughs> so you imagine six months later, we all rock up. Bronwyn and, and my mum had been going to church. I had been dragged along to church and uh, we met up and I just said, oh, there's going to be fireworks. They went into their room, they came out crying. I thought, that's it, we're, we're divorced, they're going, it's, it's happening. Um, and they said, we're going to church as a family. And that started. But that was a providential relationship. Yeah, and I was dragged along to church because I, and it was just like, whoa, coming to a different country, going to a different church, no partying. 
and and it was hard for me as as it got selfish and everything. I it was hard for me, and I didn't stay in church. Okay, I just throw that out there. Um, but bit by bit by bit, anyway. I had a geeky school teacher. Actually, I had a school teacher that ran a geeky Christian lunchtime class. Well, I thought it did. And he actually, actually said to me, through a providential relationship, he always used to be really good to me. I remember that as a, as a um, young kid. And he actually came up to me and said, Kerry, there's two young girls, really good-looking young girls in this class. <laughs> hey, flirt to convert. But, I mean, you, 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 you've, you, you, you've heard... I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Hey, Brad's not here, isn't he? Hey, he's good. You've got to pick that up. But anyway, no, no, but, and, and it was through a providential relationship that I started going to a uh, lunchtime class. And I was too cool for school to do that. But bit by bit by bit, I learnt more about Jesus. But then I uh, lost it. Totally, totally lost it. And if you're like me, I was easily influenced. You know, providential relationships can also work in the opposite. And we must be careful about that. We can, I can talk to you about providential relationships where the cows come home. Over 20 years of ministry, I've seen beautiful stories and testimonies, but I've seen some horror ones. And I'm about to share you my horror one. And actually, I haven't shared this up in the hills before, so, uh, Yeah. One of my mates said when I was at high school, year 11, I can still see it today, uh, he took me around the back of the shops up at Mundaring and he said, here, would you like a cigarette? And I was too scared to say no out of fear of rejection and I took my first cigarette, which then took me on a uh, whirlwind life of, you know, don't say, oh, it's only smoking, it doesn't lead to anything else, that's a load of rubbish because I went from smoking cigarettes to smoking marijuana to doing a lot of drugs and I was involved in a lot of stupid things. You know, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be misled. And you young people, please, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I had, I was, I mean, I mean, you look at people like sports stars that were so good and then all of a sudden they come crumbling down. They will be forever remembered like that. Praise God, I was stupid and then I met God and I've changed my life around. But remember, just remember, do not be misled. It was a good group of young people here. I love watching you guys worship actually up the front here. It is. It's really empowering. It's really good. So in a short time, I went from a nice guy, well, I thought I was a nice guy, to a dope-smoking, drug-using, swearing-fighting meathead. Sounds, sound familiar? It sounds familiar? Yeah. <laughs> you sat at the front. But moving on. Now, you know, I love visual, I love visual uh, samples. So I've just brought you some today. So I just want to share with you a little bit. The guy that gave me the, um, the guy that gave me uh, my first cigarette also got me involved with a bikey gang. And uh, I was managed by this bikey gang for four years playing in the blues band. But I also went deeper into the 
the things. And he gave me, he, he gave me something to um, protect myself. And it's handmade. There's no police in the room, is there? <laughs> but this wasn't actually the knife, but it was very similar. And I keep this in my car, all right? No. <laughs> I, used to, I used to keep this in my car. And this, this here was my saviour. This was my protector. This is what I went to in times of trouble. That's how messed up my life was. And there's a lot of people out there thinking they're tough and strong, but they've got these things here that keep them, oh, I'm okay. This will protect me. They're actually living in fear. I was actually living in fear the whole time. This uh, jacket here, I've taken a lot of the old, a lot of the old uh, signs off. But now when I ride a bike, I still ride a Harley, but I ride with that now. You know? And yeah, I get some weird looks. It's like having a car with a fish sticker on it. Anyone got a fish sticker on their car? Drive wisely. So anyway, I got to hang out with bikies and rode with them and my life was out of control until I met a, until I met a bloke who met my, uh, knew my parents. And he said after me one time, how's your life going? I thought, ooh. I said, yeah, really good. I'm doing this and that and this and that, really enjoying myself. And he goes, well, how's that working out for you? And, and listen, parents, to that. When, you, when your child is doing something wrong, don't berate them. Don't, please don't do that. I had a lot of that. <laughs> I know your dad. Yeah. Um, just say, how's that working out for you? Get them to think. Because when this guy said that to me, I, st- I went away thinking, oh, how is my life working out? Now, that's one of the best things you could ask someone that's going down the wrong path. Don't judge them, just love them and say, how's that working out for you? He went on to say, Kerry, I love Jesus and I know he loves you. Well, I could have picked up that machete and just... That was so offensive to me when he said that. I love Jesus. I thought, wow, what a girl. I'm just being honest. But then I went away and thought about it. I walked away and I couldn't get out of my head. Here's a bloke saying, I love Jesus. Well, I've got to tell you, I love Jesus. And I'm proud to say it. The little I knew about God when I was younger, I always prayed to God when times of trouble and in dangerous situations. And I believe that, yes, we may turn our back on God and turn away from him, but you know what? He will never leave you or forsake you. And I'm living proof of that. 
You may walk away or turn away and you may know some people that have walked away and turned away from this congregation and you might go, oh, look at his life now, he's turned away. But you know what? God is right there next to them. He will never leave you or forsake you. I was a scarred young man and I kept on hearing this guy saying, I love Jesus. Have you ever said that out loud? I love Jesus in front of people. Well... I'm not ashamed to say it, so I'm going to get you to say it. So on the count of three, shout out, I love Jesus. One, two, three. I love Jesus. Wow, that's cool. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love Jesus. And if you're married, you can say, I love you too. And mean it. So... I'm so glad that I've had people in my life that encouraged me, providential relationships. And the whole time while I was being a meathead, I found myself in a dark space and I could cry out for God for protection. All we need to find is providential, find a providential relationship. One person who knew me back gave me this, uh, the sword. And this is a replica of the King Solomon sword. It is nice, and you can come and grab it later on, um, not the other one. But, and that's why I have these two different ones. I, I, I can choose that life there, or I can choose this life. And this is in my kitchen uh, area, so every morning when I go, I can see it. It's hanging up on the wall. I chose this life, and I tell you what, it's a lot better than that life way better there's nothing fulfilling in that life there that I had lastly if you have children or friends that have backslided please do not hassle them as hard as it may be build relationships with them build a providential relationship with them so they know and trust to turn to you when things get tough my parents, as I said, they, they became Christians. They, they went like from here over to here really quickly and through providential relationships, they, they, they had to come back here. But it wasn't until when they came back here, one of the elders of their church turned to them and said, stop judging your son. You're full of pride. Love him unconditionally and just be there for him just like Christ is for each and every one of us. He doesn't condemn us. He's there waiting for us, loving us, wanting us to come back to him. So my parents started just praying for me and loving me. And bit by bit by bit, I started to see a change, not only in my parents, but I started to see a change in what I wanted in life. And I wanted to be what my parents were like. I never wanted to be like my parents because they went, they were like, phew, strict. And, but then they just, they were broken by God. So my heart to you as parents, I've got five adult children. Uh, well, they think they're adults. <laughs> Some of you know them. I apologise. Forgive them. Um, but I had some people that crucified me in the church when I came back to the church. 
where I met Sally, my wife, and half the church there just were warning Sally and her mum, saying, watch, watch Kerry, he's, he's bad blood, he's, he's, he's not good. Please don't ever do that to someone that comes back into the church. Because that, that, that stumbled me for, for oh, quite a few years. I was still one foot in the world and one foot in the church. It was a journey for me. But please, if you see someone come back into the church and you know where he's been or where she's been and all that, just love them as Christ would love you. Amen? Anyway, the rest is history. I love Jesus. Don't get weirded out by that. You know, it was funny. I, I, I go riding still with some of the clubbies and... and uh, they wouldn't expect anything else from me to say, hey, guys, I love Jesus. They go, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, try it. Just try it. Don't be ashamed of it. Don't be fearful. When you say, oh, I love Jesus, most of the time people won't be weirded out by it. You'll be weirded out by it, but they won't be weirded about it. They'll want to know why you are in love with this Jesus. So just be prepared to share something with them. Now I have people like Pastor Brad and many others who sharpen me and encourage me and I do the same back when I go out for a coffee. See, we just don't go out for... Pastors just don't go out for coffees with other pastors. Well, we do. But we sharpen each other as we do that. Let's just take a moment. Actually, I just want you to just bow your heads and shut your eyes for a tick. I just want you to... Think about this, what I'm going to say. Who are you building up in the Lord? Who are you encouraging in the Lord? Who are you loving in the Lord? That could be your spouse, could be your children, could be your work colleagues, could be just friends, old friends. Who are you showing God's love to? Who do you need to forgive and not judge? Who do you need to thank and honour today for your faith in Christ? Just take a moment. Why are you sitting in this church today? Who was it that you had a providential relationship with? Think about that person. And then after the service, not during the service, but after the service, why don't you message them? Or give them a phone call and just say, hey, I just want to thank you and honour you today. Thanking you for guiding me and showing me the ways of Jesus Christ. Iron, sharpening iron. People may have helped you get out of a curly one or walk through a time in your life where you were struggling or something major happening 
And you know what? You, they were there for you and you just, you were a banana. Don't be that banana. Give them a call. SMS them. Ring them up. Just say, hey, I was, thank, I was thinking about you today. I just want to thank you for that time where you walked through with me, you walked with me on that journey in a providential relationship. Heavenly Father, we just lift up those people that you've put on our minds right now. Firstly, Lord, we just say, bless them in Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that each and every one of us, Lord, won't be walking around as bananas, but Lord, we will sharpen each other. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us, Lord, that we have those divine appointments. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, help us to be prepared. Help us to speak a word in season or even help us to shut our mouths. As was said this morning, Lord, we've, we don't own ourselves anymore. You paid the price. Use us. Use us. Well, I just pray for 2024 for Kalamunda Church of Christ. Lord, I pray that, Lord, as the leadership uh, roll out, this youth program, I just pray let there be many, many providential relationships. Hallelujah. Well, we just want to thank you, we want to honour you, we want to give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. We said? Amen. So good, isn't it? So good that I've broken the spirit of bananaism off you <laughs> this morning. But I really mean it. I, I, I can see it happening across, you know, the World Prayer Assembly. We saw over all the denominations represented in the city of Perth, which hasn't been seen for a long, long time. And we saw many people coming together with all their flavours and all their, and it was just ironing, sharpening iron for five whole days down in the city. And, uh, you know, 1.8 million people were zooming in, uh, watching it on TBN every day and every night. And there's a real move of unity. And you know what? The, Perth, the, city, the city of Perth is, is paving the way globally for denominational, for the walls to come down. I mean, that's why Jesus came, so the walls would come down. And we're seeing that, and it's iron sharpening iron. As you see pastors all sitting down with one another, which in other cities like Sydney, I was just there last week, you, you, won't, get, you won't get the Anglicans sitting with the Baptists or the Baptists sitting with the Church of Christ. Or, you won't get them. It, it's foreign to them. Whereas over here, you, it, it, it's fantastic. There's a real move of unity. But there's that iron sharpening iron, and that's what happens when you sharpen each other I really want to throw that out there. When you sharpen each other, even might be just with a smile or it might be just with a quick word. 
unity comes in and where there's unity people will see like you're going into a big youth program you're going to be doing next year you've got to be in unity because where people out there see the unity they'll go oh, i want that so back to compassion do you know that many of you have providential relationships with your sponsor children already members of this church sponsor 54 children with compassion and so we want to thank you for helping release children from poverty in Jesus' name. This is a relationship that is more powerful than poverty because Jesus Christ is more powerful than poverty. You know, in the last 12 months, there have been 229 letters sent from Kalamunda Church of Christ to and from, which is great. That's providential relationship and discipleship right there. And I just want to say, Kalamunda Church of Christ, you're right up there amongst the churches that are actually having a relationship with your sponsor children. I had a young guy, he's at Curtin University at the moment, he was from the Philippines, and he went through the Compassion Program, and he came into the office a couple of weeks ago, and he said, oh, I said, oh, how you doing? What was it there? It must have been great hearing from your sponsor. He goes, you know what? In the 16 years I was a child, I never had one letter from my sponsor family. He says, all my friends had, but I never had one. And I said, oh, how do you feel? He goes, okay, bit sad but I knew they loved me because they sponsored me but don't be a banana <laughs> with your sponsor children you know I've been I've been into Africa I've been into Indonesia I've been all over the place and not just with compassion with other people but every time I go into their houses or their huts or their mud little things they've got nothing but you know what's in the little pockets letters from their spot and they cherish them they read them and read them and read them over and over again so you know there's a if the holy spirit is convicting you not me holy spirit good okay here's a map of some stats in the philippines evangelical i might move this over so you can actually see it and you don't see me which is probably good okay evangelical christians count for less than three percent of the population all right, an estimated 780. Can you see that? You can't. You can't see that. I'm on your way. Oh my goodness! I'll just keep moving around. Might just play some drums. I'm going to get in everyone's way, and I'll just stay back here. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Yeah, sound desk can't see it now. But anyway, evangelical Christians account for less than 3% of the population. An estimated 780,000 people are trapped in slavery and 1 in 12 people are trafficked around the world are Filipino. Now you might go, oh, wow. Well, that's 3.4 million Filipino women and men and children. 26% of the population lives under the poverty line, which is $1.90 US dollars a day. And that's around 30 million people. Philippines has a population of 115 million. Now, between 60,000 and 100,000 Filipino children are impacted by trafficking. You might say, well, that's just on the island of Negros. And just some added info, info, human trafficking comes in many shapes and sizes, harming adults and children in countries rich and poor alike. I've worked with the Australian Federal Agency and uh, Australia is the uh, most trafficked 
country per head per capita in the world. That is Asian girls coming to Australia for prostitution. And we don't hear about it. In total, this issue also is known as modern slavery. It affects an estimated 41 million people globally and earns traffickers at least $150 billion annually, making it one of the world's most profitable crimes. You don't hear of those figures, do you? Often. But hope is all not lost. I love that compassion is actually equipping the local churches in over 8,500 countries teaching about these things. And I want to show you a little video. It's about uh, one of many compassion CIV projects. So we just don't do sponsorship, uh, child sponsorship. We also do a lot of CIV projects. And one of them is the Mums and Bubs program. And I want you to look at this because in some countries the death rate of mothers giving birth is 1 in 25. And that's terrible. In Australia it's 1 in 6,500 mothers. But anyway, just watch this. Am I in anyone's way? Just, I'll, I'll go out here. See ya. Nung nabuntis ako, feeling ko natatot, natakot talaga ako. Uh, parang hindi ako handa. Actually, gusto ko nga po yung ipalaglag. Yung matagal kasi yung ano, sir, nagkasakit yung asawa ko, April, then nabawian siya ng buhay, mga August. Pero yung mga anak ko, then pregnant pa ako. Mayroon naman daw ipapalit. Uh, umiinom, kahit na may nagdedere sa akin, umiinom, umiinom pa rin, ganun. Compassion has been a partner in our church with our vision of helping the children to be out of the poverty. And this survival is very, very important program because the number of mortality rate is getting higher in the Philippines. And this survival program enables the church, empower the church to reach out more children and help them in a long-term program. Ang survival nga program, dako kay siya nga tabang. Tabangan na mo sila, nga makaanak sila, nga ang ilahang mga anak, safety sila during sa pag-deliver o ang mama po safety. Na ami lesson, naghisgot me about breastfeeding, naghisgot me about growth monitoring, oral rehydration, family planning, uh, immunization, nga makatabang dyan sa ilahang anak nga mahimo silang physically healthy. Pero nung napasok na po ako sa survival, hindi lang sila financially nag-assess. Inassess din nila kung paano mawala yung takot ko. Palagi nila akong gano'n sina sinasabihan. Marami silang advice na binigay sa akin. Hindi, hindi ko nila pinabayaan atong at time. We're able to experience fast growth spiritually because of the close engagement with the staff and the beneficiary. It's a life-changing program. I'm growing. Ah, uh, ngayon nagiging ako, nagiging small group leader na po ako. Inisip ko po hindi po siya responsibility. It's a commitment. 
yung naramdaman ko na ito, na, nawalan ko, lahat-lahat, paano ako mag-start, natanong ko yun sa sarili ko eh. Narinig ko yung mga mensahe nila para sa akin. Yun sinabi ko na hindi para ako nag-iisa. Why we do what we do? Uh, why we need to do all these things? Again and again? Because that's the burden that the Lord put in my heart. Parang ako, fulfill ko sa akong life. Tungod kay, nabuhat na ako ang will sa ginoo, purpose sa ginoo sa akong kinabuhat. You know, just in the past three years, we've gone from 140 million people. We were doing very well uh, on planet Earth. Then COVID hit. There was 140 million people. Now it's turned to 345 million children that are struggling to put a meal on the table each day. And during the pandemic, through partnering with Compassion, local churches were able to focus on providing food and health care and counselling for the children and their families. I want to show you a little story about Melandi. She was 77 years old when she became a compassion child. Uh, next one. This one here. That guy's pretty good looking, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, young bloke, yeah. He was. That was, uh, that was nearly, yeah, that was, as I said, 2014. So some of these maths teachers here, science teachers, that can probably do the maths on that one. Um, Melanie, seven years old when she became a compassion child. Now, this is a young girl that was sponsored by family here in Perth. And when I went over there, I actually went over with the gifts and all that for her. I had the privilege of meeting her in Haiti uh, while on a compassion trip for pastors. And, and in 2010, she was orphaned. Uh, some of you may remember the uh, big earthquake that hit Haiti, killing 250,000 people in, in 12 hours one of the massive, the worst earthquake disasters the world's ever seen. Well, she was living with her aunties and uncles. She, had, she lost her mother, her father, and her three siblings in that. And she was living with her aunties and uncles in a three-by-three-metre three little shack. In the next slide, in this shack here, which I visited. Um, and that is their home. And there's eight adults actually living in that and little Melandi. And the local church partner of the area found out about Melandi uh, and he heard of this little girl who was a nuisance to the family. And uh, this, this guy here, the guy with the water bottle, he had a great idea for Melandi. So he was going to sell her to the witch doctor to sacrifice, to have her sacrifice. So the family could be rewarded in some way. Uh, the other guy, the guy in the back, he had a better idea to make money. He was going to sell her into prostitution. 
Anyway, the local pastor found out about Melandi and he saw with his eyes, he heard with his ears and he acted out of God's heart. He went to the family and said, we've got a compassion program here at the church. We want to get her sponsored and we want to help her and you as a family. Well, they thought, okay, what's in it for us? Well, they get health care, they get food, everything else. So they thought, oh, okay, we'll try that. Well, bit by bit by bit, through a providential relationship from the pastor, they all became Christians. They all now serve in the local church. Melandi, who is now, uh, who was headed to the witch doctor or devil or the streets to be abused, uh, is now, she's now old, older, like me, and she is now nearly finished her nursing degree as a midwife and she's going back into our mums, mums and bubs CIV program in Haiti and helping out people in her own community that's suffering. Awesome story, isn't it? Now, I ask you from my heart, can you sponsor a child? Maybe you already have one. Can you do two or three this morning? You know, if you've got one for yourself, maybe you want to need a few for your family or, or if you're a business, why don't you do a whole village or a CIV project? Creating a providential relationship that will last a lifetime. Now, through your sponsoring each child that's connected to the local gospel church, uh, partnered with Compassion, they will receive health care, nutritious food, education, discipleship. And when all these children turn 12, they they receive transformational leadership training, which is world-class. And actually, I'll put it out to the leadership of this church. If you want a hand, uh, a help with your program that I know you want to go out into the youth, I'm more than happy to share what we've got that we do all across the globe with you to help you in your journey. Um, and that will champion them, these young kids to go to university and become nation changers. So when you sponsor a child through compassion, they will receive support that aims to meet their physical, emotional and relational needs, but more importantly, their spiritual needs. Sponsorship is a little over $11 a week. $11 a week. In fact, it's actually $11.07 a week, which changes a whole world, whole world for a child and their family. And if you're watching, you can go to the compassion.com or listening, go to compassion.com.au and check us out. You can sponsor a child online. But make sure you put down Calamunda Church of Christ if you do. And before I finish, I want to show you a little clip that I found in the archives. And I think this is, you know, people don't get it. People don't, I mean, you might go out there and you might get a little child in your hand and you might, yeah, I want to sponsor that child. But never ever do we see the reaction back on site, do we? We never see the reaction of the family and the child actually finding out that they've been sponsored. And I want to share this 90-second clip that I found in the archives. And then I'll be back to you to read out a uh, Bible verse. But just, just take note of what the mum says. I don't, can you, yeah, you can see that. Um, what the mum says here will blow your mind.
Tuhan akan memberikan yang terbaik buat keluarga ini. Ada sukacita Asti keluarganya Asti mendapat sponsor dan ini surat dari sponsor yang buat Asti. Itu Terima kasih banyak Bawa anak saya Baik Saya kasih masuk PPA Saya hari ini Saya bangga sekali Tapi Tuhan yang balas Saya tidak mampu balas Tapi Tuhan yang balas Tidak pernah saya mimpi Bahwa Sponsornya Ati hari ini ada Tapi saya bangga sekali Sehingga saya jatuh air mata Terima kasih banyak berlimpah Mungkin pikirnya ya sekedar komunikasi saja Tetapi lebih daripada itu kedekatannya lebih dekat sekali Isn't that awesome? That little girl been waiting about 250 days to be sponsored All her little friends were sponsored and uh, I have with me here a little girl who's been waiting 390 days. Her name is uh, Eric. Um, and she's, uh, yeah, as I said, she's, she was born on the 18th of the 6th, 2019. And this little sweetheart's been waiting 390 days. So if anyone wants to grab that, you can grab her. Um, but I just want to finish off with you. And I, again, I just want to thank you Kalamunda Church of Christ for not only receiving me this morning but uh, for what you do not only in this community here at Kalamunda. I've spent 20 years in the Shire and this church has always paved the way in excellence in getting out into the community and uh, I honour you for that, honour you and the leadership of this church for that. You're an awesome church. Isaiah 61, 1-4 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Wow. It's on you, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. Because the Lord has anointed me, He's anointed you, to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour in a day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and that's what we're doing today the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. So you're not going to be bananas. You're going to be oaks of righteousness. How's that? They will renew ruined cities and have that have been devastated for many generations. And that's what we're doing. We're working with local churches, over 8,500 of them globally, building communities for the gospel of Jesus Christ they'll renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations 
You know, as pastors in this shire for 20 years, we've claimed Kalamunda for God. And I still believe one day we will be able to say that Kalamunda City is a Christian city. And I still believe that. But it takes men and women like yourself, it takes faith believers like yourself to actually be proactive and not just come in here on a Sunday morning and that's it. I love what you're doing, Kalamunda. I love it, absolutely love it. And I champion each and every one of you to look outward of these walls and get into the community where there's children, young children, young adults, men and women, the elderly. You know, as I look around this church, I've, you know, I've preached in a lot of different churches, I can see the young all the way through to the not so young. And I think that's, that's, that's a statement on your church and the health of your church. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for Kalamunda Church of Christ and all that is within. Lord, I just pray a blessing upon each household represented here in this room. Again, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the programs and, and everything that they're doing, Lord, to uh, proclaim your name in this city. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, let them see with your eyes. Let them hear with your ears. And let them love people in this community with your heart. Lord, we're expectant of great and mighty things next year for this church. I just thank you, Lord, for them. Bless them. Amen.